This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, friends. Welcome to this preview of the 84th edition of the Masters. I am Joe, joined as always by Nick in Butler Cabin. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm, I'm sitting by my fireplace. I really am in Butler Cabin. Um, not literally, but, you know, mentally, I'm in Butler Cabin by the fire, tucked under my blanket. It's been a long time since we recorded a podcast and I had a cup of coffee in my hand and not a beer. So I, I kind of like yeah. these, these morning recording sessions. Yeah, so we should mention we are recording this quite a bit in advance of the Masters. It is Sunday, November 1st, so we won't know the results of the Houston Open, which is kind of the big warm-up for all the guys before they actually go to Augusta National. But that will not stop us from delivering an outstanding Masters preview. We're going to give you our dark horses, our contenders, our winners. We're going to talk about other folks in the field who justifiably deserve to be talked about on this podcast. But Nick, you wanted to start with some general thoughts about a November Masters. Well, as the saying goes, it is a tradition unlike any other, Joe, but I don't know if they can use that saying this year. It is it is a Masters unlike any other this year. And there's so many strange things about this Masters that the fact that it's being played in November in front of no fan list of strange things about this Masters. College Game Day is going to be broadcasting from the Masters on yeah. Saturday of the Masters. What what do you make of that? You're going to have Lee Corso dropping F-bombs in a freaking elephant head running around Butler Cabin. I mean, it's fun. I think you need other elements that aren't what you normally would have since it is such a different Masters. And also because the college football season is kind of a, a mess, too, thanks to COVID. So I think it's good. I think it's fun. They'll probably get some some guys on there who presumably miss the cut or, you know, are teeing off late in the day because they're playing well Phil, in game day. College game day is going to be all about Phil. <laughs> yeah, look, he if Phil have, misses like, the cut, segment. if Phil misses the cut, he, he's going to be on there for two hours for sure. Upstaging Herb Street, making Corso look silly. I think it's great. I think it's fun. They need to do a lot of stuff like this. Yeah, no, that'll be good. It'll be just, it'll be weird to see, like, kind of chaos of college game day on the grounds at Augusta. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um, a November Masters, very strange. Back-to-back Masters as your majors. That's that's something I think a lot of people are looking forward to. No par three contest this year, which makes sense. No fans, you know, how are you going to pull that one off? Um, 
no fans in and of itself, that's going to be, I don't know, I'm kind of used to the no fans by now. Um, something that may not affect us as much, but the golfers will probably be not, not like this as much. The split tee starts in the early tee times, so they're going off 1 and 10. The first two days, early tea times, because they gotta they gotta get football in in the evenings. Um, they're not the number one show in town anymore. That's kind of interesting. And daylight, daylight concerns. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You gotta fight. You gotta fight, old man, old man, darkness. Um, this one I think is funny. Um, fans who purchase tickets are allowed to make two online purchases of merchandise. So your consolation prize <laughs> for not getting to go to Augusta is an overpriced hat and t-shirt yeah ex- exactly wow yeah and that's then great. not not all the top 50 players in the world qualified that's my list of um unique things about the 2020 masters yeah i mean i guess just off the top of my head a, a couple things i would add we don't know the status of the number one player in the world dustin johnson who has missed a couple of events after testing positive for covid if i had to handicap it my guess would be oh Dustin Johnson, all of a sudden, all these negative tests have come in prior to Augusta, and he meets the regulations for being allowed to be at Augusta National. You know, you know, we've had this for NFL, for college football, X person tests positive just when they have to get a negative test in time for, you know, the regulation of whatever the sport may be. Miraculously, the negative test comes through. I think we'll probably see something similar from Dustin Johnson. Yeah. No, no chance Trevor Lawrence is missing that Notre Dame game. <laughs> yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if you have to quarantine 14 days. It doesn't matter. No, no. Dustin Johnson, he's, he's playing. He's not missing this for COVID. No chance. And then everyone's favorite conspiracy theory about Augusta. Well, maybe not favorite, but one of the more, I would say, accepted is the pumped in animal sounds. Right. So what we hear as viewers on CBS on our couches is not what the 1% gets to see actually attending the Masters in person. So I am curious to see if they decide to pump in the same number of bird noises through the broadcast because presumably you have different wildlife in April and in November in Georgia. So that's one of the things I'm looking forward to on the broadcast. Well, they've already been called out by bird watchers for saying like, hey, it's it's April and, and these types of birds are not in Georgia in April. Everybody knows that. What are you doing? So, yeah, I think they'll shamelessly keep the, the birds <laughs> flying. Well, the azaleas be in bloom, Nick. They they prime the azaleas to be in bloom. 100%. The azaleas will be. They will import fully bloomed azaleas there's there's no chance there's a masters with just no azaleas spray painting the fairways and things like that it'll be this place is as artificial as las vegas joe they'll make it happen and that's part of the reason why we love it should we get into some of the players that we need to discuss yeah i mean you think about the masters and there's 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 three guys that really stood out to me that might not fall into our dark horse contender and winner picks, but they they must be talked about. The first one for me is Jordan Spieth, just because his master's resume and the current state of his game are are just very intriguing. Um, everybody knows his master's resume. T2, win. T2, T11, T3. Last year, T21, his worst master's finish. Um, pretty good there at Augusta for Jordan Spieth, right? 
Yeah, there was a time when, as we are wont to do, we awarded him like five green jackets after winning his first because he almost won his first time there. He won his second time. And short of a meltdown his third time there, he would have won back-to-back masters. We're like, oh, Jordan Spieth's off and running. He's going to win a million of these. Obviously, that never really comes to fruition with anybody. He's got a great record there, Nick, but I don't necessarily think this is the week that he's going to turn things around. Well, it's not the week he's going to turn things around. Oh, it's not. And let me tell you why. Because his last time out was the week that he turned things around. At the CJ Cup, so he's played 12 rounds of golf in in this current season, right? His first six rounds were all over par. His scoring average was 73.7. Not good. His next six rounds since then, four rounds in the 60s, five rounds of 70 or better, scoring average of 68.8. So his last couple tournaments, he's he's really turned around. Those last two days at the CJ Cup, thank God, there was no cut. He, he was able to post a couple good scores over the weekend. And then uh, a few good scores at the – was it what, last week at the Zozo? Yeah, the Zozo. Yeah. So, you know, look, they were they were ripping up the Zozo. I don't know how much stock I'm going to put into Jordan okay. Spieth's scoring average for that. Sure. I think the Masters is the tournament he's going to, if he is going to have some sort of renaissance and have a big event or a win that will lead to some sort of Spieth turning his career around, it will come at Augusta. I just don't think it's going to come at a November Masters when everything's been so weird, even if he has a little bit of momentum going in. I got him in the top 10. You got him in the top 10? I'll do yeah. you one better. I'll do you one better. That's Lacey's winner. Lacey's picking Jordan Spieth to win really? the 2020 Masters. That's what wow. she said. Yes. I love it. Oh, I love it. I forgot to get Ashley's. Ashley, who do you got winning? I'll, I'll get back to you on that. I'm sure it's Ricky. <laughs> 100%. Um, can we talk about uh, – now, Nick, I, I have a little uh, trivia for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been a while since they've played at the Masters. Can you tell me who won the 2019 Masters? One of those old guys, uh, you know, one of those guys who used to do it a lot back in the day, Tiger Woods. 29 in the world right now. Tiger Woods is the most recent winner of the Masters. He will be defending his green jacket. So Tiger not played much since the restart. Missed the cut at the U.S. Open. Defended at the Zozo recently. T72 there. It's not been great, Nick. He's just not playing enough golf. He's not playing enough. He's not playing well. He's he's making a lot of big scores. He's missing a lot of putts. Um, there has been no encouraging signs from Tiger Woods in 2020. However, I got to make in the cut. Oh, you do? Yeah, I got to make in the cut. It's the Masters. It's Augusta. Presumably, he's been preparing for this. He should be well-rested. Um yeah, I got to make in the cut. I mean, people were worried about this big fall run with the playoffs and the U.S. Open and the Ryder Cup and the PGA. That that certainly hasn't affected him. A busy schedule has certainly not affected him this year. I don't think he'll do great. I think he will make enough putts. I think he'll get his way around there and uh, make the cut. That, that would be success for me. I guess I would be surprised if he missed the cut now that I think about it a little bit, but... You know, I think the ceiling is maybe a top 20. If Tiger finished in the top 10, I think he he wouldn't admittedly say that, that was a good week for him. But I think he would know that's a good week for him. I mean, yeah. basically, since this win in 2019, I haven't seen a lot from old Tiger. No, no. Which which I think is kind of what we said at the time is 
from time to time he might he might put to, put a great week together, but don't expect him to to dominate week in and week out. So yeah. I think it's kind of par for the course. I think yeah, a top a top ten or top twenty would be great. A made cut would be pleasant, and a missed cut would be no surprise, but a little disappointing. It would be just because it's fun to see Tiger play Augusta. That's just that's just yeah. a fun thing, for sure. And I want to see I want to see Phil on Saturday morning previewing Tiger's round from the Masters. That that would be fun. That would be fun. You know, even more fun would be like is I'm thinking about the college game day thing. Phil like makes the cut on the number, so he was scheduled to be on game day, and like <laughs> because there's no fans, they like set up on like 12 T and before Phil hits it over race Creek onto that short par three, he just pops down. He puts a big mascot head on and then he tries <laughs> to hit one over the Creek. Just something weird like that would be a lot of fun. Oh, that'd be awesome. All right. One so, more guy. Yeah. Who? Um, that we got to talk about when we talk about the masters, the guy looking for the career grand slam, the guy who had one arm in the green jacket almost a decade ago. And then he, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, man, it wasn't too long ago I rewatched that that 2011 Masters, and oh, it's rough. It's Tough. still it's still uncomfortable to watch to this day. But he had a four stroke lead going into Sunday of that Masters, which was just his second Masters that he played in. Um, he shot 80. To his credit, to his <laughs> credit, the very next major was the U.S. Open, which he won by eight. So it's not oh, like. Yeah. It set him into a tailspin. It's just nope. there's this thing at this golf course specifically. And Rory, who is one of the most honest guys when you interview him, is very clear. This is the most important tournament for me every single year because I haven't won it yet. And he's the one guy on this list of of Jordan and Tiger and Rory who, who actually might win it this week. Like, I would be not surprised if he goes in and gets it done, gets the green jacket, Gets the career Grand Slam. He's got the game. He's still in relatively good form. He's number five in the world right now. Um, I mean, if you think he's going to win the Masters at some point in his career, then every Masters that comes is the most likely one he's going to win because he's not getting any younger. He's not getting any younger. He has not been great since the restart. Like you said, he's number five in the world, so he's done enough to maintain that status. But he's never really competed he's not shown that a game this is something we talk about rory all the time is his a plus game to me is the best of any golfer in the world dj jt tiger phil anybody right now rory's a game is better than everybody else. if everyone's firing on all cylinders rory's gonna win that tournament so i haven't seen that in a long time from him he, I believe, won the Arnold Palmer before the restart, and we saw something similar to that. We saw Rory's A-plus game, but we haven't seen it since the restart. Could he flip a switch and turn it on? Sure. But he has talked a lot about the fans not being there. He draws energy from that, and this is the number one tournament where players draw energy from the fans. So that's a big element that will be missed. I don't see him getting it done this week. I wouldn't be shocked. I would be surprised. Yeah. Um, in the last five Masters, Rory has four top tens. Wow. Yeah. And he's talked about, he's tried, it's almost like the, the Ricky effect, where he's tried pumping himself up for the Masters. This is the big one. I got to do it. He's tried, oh, it's no big deal. It's just another tournament. You know, he, you're right. He has talked about how badly he wants to win it. Um, he's got a kid now. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's, 
Maybe he's just right in the right in the right mindset. Settle life know. down a little bit. Yeah, kind of you know, got some perspective. Sure. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. But out of those guys, he's the one who is most likely to win. It'd be fun. I mean, it'd be it nice for be. him to get the career Grand Slam. Well, that's the thing is Rory's one of those guys, like, if someone's like, oh, I hate Rory McIlroy. I think most people would be like, what are you talking about? He has a pretty universally high approval rating. Yeah. And also, it was the first major that he almost won. I mean, like, yeah. that was the one where he should have had, and then he obliterated, um, you know, the field in the U.S. Open. But it'll be interesting. Joe, should we get into our picks? We should. Before we get into our picks, as you know, at the turn is presented by Precision Pro Golf, and we want to save you $10 on any Precision Pro laser rangefinder. Go to precisionprogolf.com. Use code TURN10 at checkout, T-U-R-N 10, to save $10 on any Precision Pro laser rangefinder. One of the great things about Precision Pro, as you probably know, the free battery replacement for life. So you're not just getting your rangefinder. There's never a good time for your rangefinder's battery to die. At Precision Pro, you never have to worry about that. Free battery replacement for life. Get your rangefinder, precisionprogolf.com, promo code TURN10. Beautiful. Okay, Nick, you want to do the ping pong, dark horse, contender, winner? You want to go first? Yeah, Yeah, I'll go first. Great. Um, For my dark horse to win the 2020 Masters, the young Chilean. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not Joaquin Neiman? No, it's not Joaquin Neiman this year. Try, try again in, in April. Um, <laughs> this guy is a major champion, so I might, I might catch some flack as uh, being my dark horse. But oh, he, you can he, pick a major. Look, I'm sorry to interrupt. Tom Watson's a major champion. If you picked him to win this tournament, I would consider that to be a dark horse. <laughs> That's true. Well, I, did, I did not pick him. <laughs> Um, this guy's kind of, uh, bounced back a little bit in 2020 Had five top tens in 2020. And to my surprise, and this is probably the main reason I picked him. He was first on the PGA tour in the 2020 season in strokes gained around the green Jason day at plus 5,000. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting pick. Has he, um, I remember seeing him at the PGA. He played decent. Um, he's had, he's had a couple of decent tournaments. Mm-hmm. He's never really gotten back to that top, top player in the world form, probably for like two or three years now, but yeah, it's been a while. I think it's a, I think it's a perfectly fine dark horse at 50 to one. I like that pick. All right. Who you got? Um, so I have a bit of a theme for my picks that I'm not going to mm-hmm. spoil it, but I'm sure you can figure it out as I go. Okay. I hope it's South Africans. <laughs> South Africans play well at Augusta. Um, my winner, excuse me, my dark horse is the winner of the Sanderson Farms Championship, which was held in October. He is 40th in the world. He is the 2017 Masters Champion in good form recently, Sergio Garcia. Wow. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to couch that by saying I don't think Sergio's going to win. I don't think Sergio's going to win. However, I do think he's a really good top 10 bet. I think if you can get him as, as a top 10 bet, I really like him in that position. A lot of things had to go right for Sergio Garcia to actually win a major, and they all did. It all happened in 2017. He had great shots. No one made any big putts on top of him. Sergio didn't have to make a big putt to win the Masters. If you recall, in 2017, Sergio hit one of the worst putts ever 
from five feet. There was memes of people reacting at how bad his putt was when he had a chance to win the Masters on the 72nd hole. Didn't even sniff the hole from five feet. He was able to make a par and win the Masters. I don't think he's going to win. I think he's an interesting dark horse at 50-1. to one. Good top 10 bet. I was going through as I was preparing to prepare for this for this podcast. I was thinking in my head, and I'm like, who do I want to win? And I'm like, oh, Tiger, you know, I think it'd be cool if Dustin got one. I think it'd be fun if Rory got it. It'd be, it'd be fun if, you know, uh, Jordan Spieth, you know. I'm like, who do I not want to win? Because my list of guys I want to win is like 10 deep, you know. Like, Tony Finau would be really fun if he won. I'm like, who do I not want to win? Sergio. Well. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see Sergio win the Masters. That's and really I, funny. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, uh, that's it. Him and, um, what's his name? I was just going to say, <laughs> well, don't, don't say the name because, uh, the theme that I thought I had going, I'm, I'm now quickly realizing is being replaced by another theme of my picks. None of these guys who I picked, I want to win. I'm just going to be clear <laughs> and say that up front. None of these okay. guys, please go to your contender. Okay. Um, uh, this is this is kind of a tough tough contender. He 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 really should be a winner. It's John Rahm. I mean, it's just it's just time for him to get a major. He's so good. He's number two in the world. If you watch him, you talk about guys clicking on all cylinders. I think I have an argument to be made with that Rory uh, statement you made earlier because I think John Rahm and DJ are right in that conversation of when they're playing their best, they're really really hard to beat. And I I think if John Rahm comes to Augusta with something close to his A game, it'll be hard to keep him out of the top five. I just I just need to see it from him in a that, big that, event. Exactly. And that's exactly my point. This is his opportunity to to match his best game with the biggest tournaments. Like he's super young and a lot of people want to make the argument of oh, okay, he's young, he's young, he's not supposed to compete in majors right now. But the flip side of that is his contemporaries are already winning Major mm-hmm. championships. Justin Thomas has a major championship. Jordan Spieth has a pile of major championships. DJ. Like, guys who are, I mean, DJ's older, but guys who are in his age range, it's not the old thing of, like, well, Phil didn't get his first major till 34. Like, that doesn't really happen anymore. So, Rom has to, it would be fun to see him in contention to see how he handles it. Because he's had some times where he's had some incredible wins and finishes down the stretch. And he's had some times where he's leaked a little bit of oil. So, it'd be cool to see him in that spot. It, the masters yeah. uh my contender playing well right now nick top 10 at both the cj cup and zozo championship just in october he is 46th in the world but he's also the 2012 and 2014 masters champion at 28 to 1 my contender is bubba watson <sighs> yeah you know it's fair he's won two masters the course suits him well um, I thought about Baba. I thought about him for this segment. He didn't fit for me. I thought about him for the previous segment. He didn't really fit for me as a guy I really care to talk about on this podcast too much. But yeah, no. Um, he he could certainly get it done. He's done it twice before. I, I think his best golf is probably behind him. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. But Bubba is notorious for being a horse for courses. And Augusta is one of the places that he not only plays well, he obviously cares because it's the biggest golf tournament he plays every year. He's won it twice. And if he was to win it a third time, that puts him into some pretty heady company at that point. I mean, there's a lot of great players who haven't won the Masters three times. Only a few have. So yeah. 
I think he has a legitimate chance to do it. If Bubba Watson had a two-shot lead with four holes to play, that feels like a scenario that would not shock me. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I still want to see him on my TV. He, he, no, he, I know. He, I, yeah. I agree. No, no, you're Stupid right. pink you're driver right, no, slicing the ball more than he's I do. Not, he's not still playing the pink driver anymore, is he? Oh, I saw it all over Instagram the other day. It's oh, nauseous. All right. Let's get to the guy everybody is here to hear all about. The obvious winner of the 2020 Masters, Bryson DeChambeau. It's got, it, it has got to be Bryson DeChambeau. Does it? It does. It's hard to win back-to-back majors. Well, it's hard to win any major in the first place. Um, Go on. Tell the stuff me. that he's doing, I mean, the 400-yard drives, the course that he's going to be playing is so different than almost every other guy. Did you hear what he said he's going to do on 13? He's just going to take it over the trees hit it into the 14th fairway, have about 120 to 150 in, and... Wait, it's what? Yes. Pause on that. So 13, that's that's the par 5 that has the huge bend from hmm. right to left. Yeah. So instead of actually playing, like, a big draw, he's going to blast it into 14? Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean... He in the last two seasons, he has added 42 yards to his average drive. His PGA Tour average stats it went up 20 yards going into last year, and then another 22 this year. Um, I mean, he was averaging like 363. I think it was at that Sanderson Farms earlier in the year. He just it's just insane, and it's not just the driver; it's the fact that if he wants to take a little less off the tee and make sure he hits the fairway, well. His four iron goes 255. His three wood goes 295. And then if he's got a 200-yard shot into a green, guess what? He can hit a seven iron and drop that baby in there and hold the green. So it's not just the drive. It's it's what he can do with every club in the bag to keep the course in front of him. And then also just absolutely take advantage of it when he can. So his follow-up to the U.S. Open win was a few weeks later in Vegas. Did you catch what he did his first round after the U.S. Open? I, I didn't. I mean, those are always hangover rounds. Uh, not for Bryson. He hung a 62 on the board. Oh <laughs> and he was leading, and he actually played quite well. It's one of those tournaments where you got to shoot like 2,500 to win. He finished T8. So to his credit, all that pressure, all that release, you would think, okay, well, now there's going to be a letdown. Like you said, some sort of hangover, but there wasn't. And again, we're, we're taping this before Houston. He's playing in Houston. That is usually a good indicator of form ahead of the Masters. I don't see any reason why Bryson wouldn't be in contention the entire week, too. He's He's got the 48-inch driver in the bag. This is going to be incredible, John. You love the freak show. You love it. I do. I do. I'm, I'm, I, I've been on the record for a long time, since he turned pro, saying yeah. I'm interested in what Bryson's doing. You I'm no, I'm no bandwagon Bryson fan. <laughs> bandwagon Bryson. Uh, okay, so Bryson DeChambeau is your winner. He is the betting favorite to win. He can. The I just just one last point on him. Yes, the, the drives he's hitting so far, he can afford to hit a few out of bounds because of the strokes he's gaining. On if he turns every par five into a par four, and he hits one OB around, he's still getting an advantage. I didn't freeze. I'm just I'm, I'm trying to comprehend yeah. that take. You're saying that, okay, as someone who hits the ball out of bounds, let me tell you that that is a very penal 
a penal way to go nope. about golf. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody <laughs> wants to. Nobody tees okay. it up saying, I want this to go out of bounds. But what I'm saying is he is gaining so much with his driver. I see. Even, even if one or two around, one around probably is the max, he goes awry. Yeah, exactly. He's still getting an advantage. Sure. So my winner is who we all thought was going to win the 2020 U.S. Open before Bryson DeChambeau took care of business. This man was in complete control of the tournament on Saturday morning. Ended up finishing T13, bit of a meltdown. Played well at the PGA, T13 there. Handful of top 10s after the restart. He's always kind of right there. I can't believe you're doing this. 2018 Masters champ, 11th in the world. Nick's original boo before Bryson DeChambeau at 25 to 1. The winner of the 2020 Masters Tournament is Patrick Reed. This is unbelievable. I love him. I love him in this spot. I love him because he's played well in the majors. He's been very consistent. Patrick Reed has won this tournament before, and he didn't back into it. Like, he took on Rory. And even though Rory missed a big putt earlier on in that final round, which I have said in this podcast, changed the complexion of everything. You got to give Patrick Reed credit. For him to stand toe-to-toe with Rory and beat him at the Masters is a hell of a feat. Patrick Reed's not afraid of anybody. I don't know what that meltdown was at the U.S. Open, but I'm hoping that that serves as motivation instead of something that will uh, force him to kind of shrink and realize he can't hit it as far as Bryson. But Patrick does his own thing. I don't think playing with DeChambeau was the factor. I think it was his own deal. I really like him, especially at 25 to 1 as the winner of this. No, it's very interesting. And I I wouldn't read too much into one meltdown. I mean, you think about it this way. If you put yourself into a big situation 10 times, like you're you're going to play not optimally some of those times. He was he was playing really well in the US Open. He was on a big stage, and that was probably just the time that he didn't have a good round. I mean, he's he's played well in huge situations enough times to show that that's not a trend. Now, if he starts to do that every time then you say okay what's going on with patrick reed but one time it's just the game if it happens if it happens every now and then that's just the nature of golf um yeah i mean i certainly wouldn't be surprised if he wins i'm surprised you picked him to win on this podcast i'm very surprised with your, with your lineup um but you know what if you went with if you went with your your gut then so be it but i, I just i man if patrick reed wins another masters that's uh I can't even I can't wrap my mind around that right now. Well, I was looking, Nick. The Masters to me feels like, and my theme is the people who have won the tournament before and arch supervillains, you know, kind of yeah, kind of <laughs> together. Definitely. But I, you know, there's a, this, this this tournament's been played 83 times. 16 times, someone has won it multiple times, and within that, you have Jack who did it six times, Tiger five, Arnold four, handful of people have done it three times. So this tournament has been defended a lot, probably more than any other major to the degree that it has been. It lends itself to repeat winners because it's such a specific kind of golf. And I really think the Sergio thing was kind of cutesy. I don't think he's going to win. I think he's going to have a chance to compete. Bubba and Patrick Reed, I really feel like, have a chance to win this tournament. Bubba for the third time, which, like I said, would put him in verified air. And Patrick Reed to kind of further cement his status as one of the preeminent players of this generation. Um, it just, it it has the feel of, and you know, maybe Bryson's the exception, maybe Rom's the exception, maybe Rory sneaks it in. 
feels like the kind of year where someone who's won this tournament or played well here before is going to win again. Okay. Let me put you on the spot. Please. If you had to pick a first-time winner, who would it be? A first-time winner of the Masters, not a first-time yep. major winner. Correct. I mean, it would it would also be Bryson. Yeah. Just everything points to him. This is a golf course that bombers win this thing. They just do. It's it's not a tournament where, I mean, the aberration that comes to mind in the last twenty years is Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson did not go for any par fives in two. It was a wet golf course. Zach Johnson won this tournament at one over. It was a weird, weird week, and that's the kind of week you need for someone who's not a bomber to really compete and win. And maybe we get that week this year. That could be the unknown thing, Nick, because even though this is happening in November instead of April, I still feel like we're making April picks. I don't think we're making November picks. We're still viewing it as the same kind of golf course. And to your point earlier, we were kind of saying it tongue-in-cheek, but they are going to do everything to make this as similar as a golf course, a setup, a situation as it is in April. But there are some things that even Augusta National can't control that they would like to, and maybe that could be a factor where you get a squirrely winner. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to get into some of the winning scores, and I, I didn't get a chance to do that, but I, I feel like Bryson's going to be deep under par. I mean, I feel like he's going to be, at worst, like 6, 8 under par, and as deep as like 14, 15 under par. How can you sit here and say, we have no idea... Nick, it's still golf. I understand that this no, man has taken as many factors out as possible, but it's still golf. We can't just give him six at under par. Are you saying that because of the par fives? Essentially, yeah. Just the number of holes that he's going to reduce in length is just going to, yeah, like so many par fives are going to, and that's, that's, that's birdieing two out of the four par fives. I mean, obviously yeah, here's, he makes the bogeys out there, but right. there's just so many, there's so many par fives that are just going to be, like fifteen, he's gonna he's gonna hit fifteen and two with like a, a short iron every day. I completely agree. I just think that regardless of Bryson's power, and this is you know I sound like old man Simons when I start this routine, but there are some shots regardless of Bryson's power where it will require a certain amount of finesse. And the man just won the U.S. Open by six shots, so I'm not trying to say he doesn't have every shot in his back, but because he, he does. But you know, a couple of the ones I'm thinking about on the front nine. You have that short par four that's like 350 that I'm assuming Bryson's going to try to drive. And you're left with these weird pitches and these weird little shots. The tee shot on 12 over Ray's Creek. If he gets a gust of wind and puts one in the water, he can make a five or a six there pretty easily. Even though the par fives he's going to eat for lunch, Mm -hmm. there are still situations where you have to play conservatively on your approaches to some of these pins, especially on Sunday or you're going to cost yourself the golf tournament. I'm curious so, to see if Bryson can restrain himself in those situations. No, that, that's a good point. And uh, I will I will adjust my my stance slightly to say that maybe he won't finish 8 under par, but he'll start 8 under par. Mm. So you think just because, sure, I mean, and that makes sense. I mean, if he's got one 130 left on 13 every day, and if he's hitting 15 and 2 easily every day with a mid-iron, then those are essentially par 4. So that's 8 right there. If he, assuming he makes the cut. So so he's starting eight under par. Now what he does, you know, on those those holes like, you know, the par threes and things like that, that will that will dictate where he finishes. You know, it, it is interesting to think about, you know, we talk about the technology and the golf ball. If Bryson has like 115 yards into some of these par fives, the one entity that 
could supersede the USGA, the PGA, the RNA, and say, we don't care what y'all are doing with your golf tournaments and your golf balls. When you come down that Nolan Lane in Augusta National, we're playing with this golf ball, and if you don't like it, piss off. This is what we're doing here. If Bryson embarrasses this course to the degree that we think he probably could, maybe gets the tailwind, if he drives some of these par fours that no one else has ever driven before, this could be the kind of institutional change that really could take place pretty damn quickly because Mm. those old Southern white men want their golf course to be played a certain way, and they don't want no young whippersnapper hitting at 400 yards up some of these fairways. Joe, I mean, I know we didn't we didn't put this on the rundown, but if he goes out in 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 post like twenty two under and is embarrassing the course there, and I said it after the U.S. Open pod, did. this will lead to change. That would absolutely lead to change. The Masters it, in April will be different. There will be something different if he does if he goes out and embarrasses Augusta National. Yeah, that I agree with, and I guess I didn't really consider that specific angle because, and then the trickle down effect could really happen because if it happens at Augusta, the Masters is the standard by which every other golf tournament is judged. So if they do it at the biggest golf tournament, well, they're probably going to start doing it at some of the smaller ones. You know, maybe not all the other majors, maybe not right away, but there'll there'll be a trickle down effect pretty quickly. So. That is something interesting to watch. I can't believe he's going to do that on 13. He's going to hit it intentionally <laughs> into another fairway. That alone may be enough for them to, like, grab some— Make some, it, like, internal OB or something? Who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're going to grab some giant Douglas firs from my backyard here in Portland, Oregon, <laughs> ship them out to Augusta so he can't hit it over him. I mean, that's that's fascinating. I mean, either way, it's going to be an incredible week. I, I can't wait to look forward to it. You already got snow on the ground over there. Yeah, uh, all and, I'm waiting for is the Masters. There's nothing <laughs> else to look forward to. <laughs> you got anything else uh, in this preview of the Masters? That is the Masters preview as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. So Nick and I will be right back here Sunday after the Masters. We'll have a reaction. We'll post it quite quickly. Um, should be a lot of fun. I guess the positive thing, Nick, is it should be a little bit earlier in the day now that I mean we're recording this in the first day of uh, – you know, daylight savings ending. So here we go. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. It'll. Uh, it's it's time to just hunker down and we'll wait for the next Masters. <laughs> it's. I can't wait. Remember, use code Turn Ten at checkout. PrecisionProGolf.com. For those of you who are listening in regions where you can still post, Oregon being one of them. Good luck out there. Get that handicap down. I'm mostly giving myself a pep talk because I have an important round ahead of me later today. So I go hope. Go get it, Joe. Go get it. I need. I need something in the low 70s. It's been a while. It's been a while. You got it. You got it, Joe. I I got it. All right. Thank you, everyone, to listening. Again, just a quick recap. My picks. Dark Horse, Sergio Garcia. Contender, Bubba Watson. Winner, Patrick Reed. Nick? Jason Day is the Dark Horse. John Rahm is my contender. And obviously, Bryson is going to win this thing. There you go. Lacey picked Jordan Spieth. We're going to assume Ashley picked Ricky Fowler. Is that that safe? we'll, we'll, We'll put that in for her. Okay. She'll put Hideki as her dark horse. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the Masters, and uh, we'll see you in Butler Cabin in a few weeks. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.